Hey everyone, before we get into today's talk, we just wanted to take a moment and say thanks. Thanks for listening and thank you for all your support. And if this is the first time you're hearing this podcast, we just want to let you know that we are a church that meets in the Greenville area in South Carolina. We are really passionate about faith, creativity, culture, and building community. Our heart is that this podcast brings added value to your life, as well as it helps you in your own journey of faith and understanding the human experience. And with that, let's get right to it. Let me get my stuff set up right here. Boop. Okay. So good. So happy Pentecost Sunday. This is stuff that is very important to us and we love. Love the Lord. Okay. So I want to um, start out reading one of my favorite scriptures, Isaiah 61, because it's talking about Jesus, who I love, who is our Savior, but he's also our healer, our deliverer. Jesus is... Um, so important and so wonderful. And this talks about Jesus. Isaiah 61, one says, the spirit of the Lord God is upon me because the Lord has anointed me to preach good tidings to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted. My heart just melts at reading that because has anyone ever experienced God healing your heart? It's crazy. Like, there's nothing too great for his love. As you're sitting in this room right now, I just want you to know his love is so powerful. If there's anything that's broken inside of you, anything that needs to be bound up, that's as he binds the brokenhearted. He's here to do that tonight. I love that Jesus, he sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to proclaim liberty to the captives and the opening of the prison to those who are bound. I love to ask questions of people. I'm like a mixer icebreaker queen. I just love to do it. If you're with me, I just, I'm great. I can ask you a lot of things. One of my favorite questions, I was on a kick a while ago, and I love to ask, just curious, have you ever been in prison? (laughs) Because there's so many stories with that, you know? So we were, I would do that in the break room while we were having lunch, and I'd be like, has anyone here been to prison or ever been arrested? And, you know, you get to hear stories. I have never been arrested. I've never been to prison outside of just visiting. Just want to let you know that. But I do want to tell you, I have been in the corkscrew. So um, when I was in college, let me explain this one. I went to college in Santa Cruz, California. It's a beautiful spot where the mountains come down to the ocean. And when I first got to college, there would new student orientation. I'm getting to meet people. It was that week, one of the people that were, um, the students that were helping to show you around, they said, hey, does anyone want to go splunking? And I'm like, what's splunking? They're like, you know, like caving. There's really cool caves that go like for miles. I'm like, really? That's amazing. So this group of people that I've only known them for like three days. I, mean, I went to college. I didn't know anyone besides my sister. She wasn't in this group. And the guy said, yeah, just meet us here. We'll go. Uh, I'll take a group of you splunking. So a lot of freshmen. Um, he was a sophomore in college. We um, get in the cars. I remember we put uh, glow-in-the-dark stars on our foreheads. Like, we, you can see us when we're in the caves. We're going to do this. We had flashlights, too. I didn't really know what I was getting into. I mean, I have seen caves, but ones that you just kind of walk in, but you can still see the outside once you go inside the caves. Um, these were not that. So we get in the car, and there was, I don't know, say like eight of us. And we drive up into the Santa Cruz Mountains. It's really dark because, of course, we go at night. It's like a scary movie or something. 
We get to the caves, and I'm excited. I love adventure. That's why I would go on that wave thing. I just am like, I'm all in. I'll try it at least once. So we get to the caves, and we, he goes, okay, we're going to go in here and just follow me. It's really cool. You can go all the way down to the ocean. These caves go for miles. I'm like, that's amazing. How do you know that, first of all? But, you know, it's okay. I've known you for three days. Now I'm going to put my life in your hands. Let's go in there. So we get in the caves, and we're going for a while. And I'm like, I wonder how much farther they go. We're going for a while longer. We climb down a ladder. We're going longer. And then I start thinking, I, and we, and then there's a fork. We go to the left. And then I'm like, do you know your way back? Because we just turned left, and we went down. And there's, should I have breadcrumbs or a string? I mean, I'm getting a little like, I only know you for three days. Like, it's all coming together Why we're getting deeper into this cave. But he really did seem like he knew what he was doing. So his confidence was, I mean, I was banking on that. So we're going for like a long time, more than like 15 minutes, more than a half an hour. And going down, he goes, now we're going to go into this one section and we'll go one at a time. We're going to go through the corkscrew. And I'm like, oh, okay. And I mind you, like, I, I am very open. I don't, I am like, I'll try it. I don't feel claustrophobic. He goes, okay, this one, we go one at a time. <clears throat> and when you go in, um, it's kind of long. It's like a little bit longer than your body. And you're going to want to put your hands above your head when you go in. I'm like, okay. And, and he said, and the reason it's called the corkscrew is because it gets so tight, some of the angles in there, that you can't go straight through. You have to turn your body because or else you won't fit. And I'm like, okay, that, that sounds fine. <laughs> so... <laughs> So someone, he was going to guide everyone through. So he's standing at the entrance of this hole because it's like a room we are in. And um, the first person, okay, put your hands above your head. Okay. And I see them go in and I see them kind of inch their way in. And then he, they're like, oh, he goes, yeah, you're going to need to start turning that now. So they start turning. And did you make it through? They made it through. They're like, Candice, your turn. So it's my turn to go through the corkscrew. And I'm not concerned at all because I, I could hang out in tight spaces. This is fine. So I put my hands above my head, and I get in, and then I'm about maybe waist deep, and then my shoulder gets kind of stuck. I'm like, oh. He goes, yeah, that's when you need to start turning. I'm like, okay. So I keep going. Calm down. I'm good at calming myself down. I'm very logical. Calm down. Keep going. Now my whole body's in there, and my hip gets stuck. I'm like, now I'm feeling a little like I don't want to be in here anymore. <laughs> I didn't think I was claustrophobic. And um, I'm sitting in there being like, I don't want to be in the corkscrew anymore. But I have to keep going because I, there's nothing you can do. Like, I am in a rock. And so I just calm down, keep swimming, keep swimming. And I just slowly keep going, but I'm just trying to get out of my head because it was a horrible feeling being in the corkscrew. I did make it out and it was great. I was like, okay, I made it through and it was the most wonderful feeling to go like this. <sighs> this is wonderful. Do you know how nice it is to take a deep breath? Just do it right now. <sighs> you can move your body however you want. Mm, that is nice. I was thankful to make it through. Then I had this thought, how are we getting back? Okay, we can do this. I did it once. I can do it again. I'll be better at it. So I just want to tell you that I've never been in prison, but I've been in the corkscrew. And I can tell you one thing. We were not created to live in a corkscrew. Do you know that we do that sometimes in life? Sometimes we get stuck in something. Something happens to us. We get stuck. 
and we decide to stay there. We don't like it, and it doesn't feel good, and it's restricting, but we're like, mm, I don't, I think I'll just stay right here. I'm afraid. I don't want to keep going. I know God's will for your life. It's to be free. Do you know that Jesus came so that we would be set free? That is what we are doing. That's what God has for us tonight. And I don't want to settle for anything less. And I know that we're all in different places. I know there's parts of us that are like, well, I can move this arm and I like it. Do you see this? What's happening to your other arm? (laughs) Well, it's stuck over here, but like, hey, I don't need both arms, do I? I just want to say, let's let's not be okay with that anymore. Even if, even if we got so comfortable not using that arm, I believe that God wants to set us free in every area. Thank you, Lord, for who you are. I thank you for your freedom. We love who you are. We love your heart. And we say yes to you, to all of you, and that you can have all of us. And tonight, I invite you, Holy Spirit, to come and search us, to know us, And I ask for your freedom, that you would come and do what you do, that you set us free. If there's any area in our life that is being held captive, that is being bound, that tonight that we would have breakthrough. Thank you, God, in Jesus' mighty name, amen. We are called to live in fullness. We are called to live in freedom, and we're called to be whole. And if there's any area in our life that we don't feel that, it's time for God to come in. And he always is ready to come in. And don't be ashamed if you're sitting in this room and you're like, yeah, but life is hard. It is. It is. And you are not unique. If you have areas in your life that you're like, ooh, yeah, but this area, it's okay. God is so for you. He is so for you that he doesn't want you to stay where you're at. That God is into transforming us. That's why I love coming into worship all together. I love it because I worship at my house. I can give God everything of who I am, and it's so precious and special. And then when I'm in a setting like this, and we even have people start to minister to us, we're getting the strength of other people in our lives. And that's always another opportunity for me to go, okay, God, ooh, there's other places you want to touch that I didn't initiate. I'm like, oh, I love being a part of a body. I love doing things corporately as well. Because I believe that there is so much power when we get together. There's power in his presence. There's power in connection as well. Thank you, Lord, for freedom. I also feel passionate. It's about freedom, our personal freedom, but it's also owning our stories. Do you know, we all have different stories. Some of them are crazier than others, and all of us, some of us are different places in our stories. But I want to encourage us tonight that as we're on the road to freedom, that we can own our stories, that we don't need to be ashamed of them. Because when you invite God into them, He allows us to live above and not below the things that have happened to us. So I just want to say that you're welcome to be in this place, and you're welcome to be you in this place. And it doesn't matter where you come from, and even where you're at on the journey, we're just on a journey to following Jesus. And life just gets more beautiful when you follow Jesus, because he is love. And you know what happens when you get loved on? You get more beautiful. Have you seen people that have been married for a while? I mean, a good marriage. Some are like, ooh, they, get, they look worse after a while. But a good marriage where, where, where love is being exchanged, and then you start to see them like, wow, you guys actually look better. You start looking like each other after a while. But you start looking more beautiful, just being loved on. That's what happens when we're with God. Another thing I feel like he's inviting us into is not just own, into personal freedom and owning our stories, 
but then developing our stories and our voice. We have gifts because of what we've walked through and how we know the Lord. There's a gift and a grace on your life. And I love it when I see people not just be okay with their story and own it, but actually letting God develop who he is in them. Because when we walk through things and we get victory, we get breakthrough, we get healing, a lot of times we get keys. And keys are for opening doors. And so you walked through a door and then you get a key because you get to open it for other people. And so we need your story. We need you to develop your voice. I love um, one of someone who's inspired me a lot is one of my friends at Bethel. He struggled with same-sex attraction as he was growing up and he was in the church, a Christian. So he's like, I know this isn't, I know this isn't right, but it's something I, it's, it's something I struggle with. So he never talked about it. And um, then he started getting prayer, counseling, just going after stuff. God really met him. So that's his story of actually knowing God in a place where he struggled with same-sex attraction, which is taboo in the church. You can have other sins, but not that sin. And, you know, I thought, oh, well, we're past that. It's all good, you know. So he, he not only has gotten freedom and healing in a space of sexuality, but he began to really develop who God is in him in that and felt really so much compassion for other people who struggle with that. So then he began to, um, to minister to a lot of people and share his story. And so one night at church, I'm like, Let's, I want you to share your story. It's so beautiful. You're so courageous that you didn't just get healing in an area that's taboo, but you actually are willing to talk about it. And I'm so thankful because we all struggle with different things and you're being so courageous and serving by sharing yours. So I had him share up at the church, and I, that's when I realized, oh wow, we are all on a journey. When as soon as he started talking about liking other boys in junior high, I felt like you could suck the air out of the room at the church. I was like, oh, I guess we aren't very comfortable talking about this. <laughs> but I'm so grateful that my friend was courageous enough to share because we need his story, we need his breakthrough, we need his compassion. And you're sitting in this room and you have a story. You have something that God is doing in your life, has done and is doing. And I just want to say, we need you. We need you. We need the keys that are in your hands and in your life. And so I feel like God is calling us to come in and experience freedom, wholeness, develop our gifts because he is taking us somewhere. You know that he has promises for us, a promised land. And it's not just for us, but we're supposed to lead other people there too. So I pray for a fresh dose of courage to be who God's created you to be, to be okay in your own skin, and to step into new levels of freedom. Fresh encounters. God always loves to encounter us. And he values our choice. A lot of times it just takes us turning and choosing him. And we could do it anywhere, anytime. I remember just being on a, just, this happens all the time, but there's one specific day that I remember the contrast was so great. I was at work and at work, I'm just a, I'm a list person. I just create a list. And even as like I brushed my teeth, check it off. Yay. You know, you're a winner. <laughs> um, I, lists make me feel good. So I have my list. I, I'm meeting with people. Being a pastor of a church, you would think that you just pray all the time and prep for all your speaking stuff. It, you do that, and it's a lot of administration, a lot of counseling, meeting with people, staff meetings. So it's one of those days. You're just checking things off, going through it. We go to our staff meeting. And we decide we're going to worship in our staff meeting. 
So I'm bringing in all my stuff and okay, checklist, do, 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 put everything down. Okay, Jesus, I love you. Yes. And, and then all of a sudden, I'm like, I do love you. I give you everything. It was in a split second on the same day, just going from meeting to meeting and it all shifted because I actually just gave him my whole attention and surrendered my heart right then and there. And I felt like it got so intense, my face was beginning to get hot. I'm like, oh. he's like, you can come closer. I could come closer? This is the craziest thing to the king of the world. I can come closer and worship you? And it just got so intense and so thick. I opened my eyes and I'm like, is there a cloud in here? This is, because you know that's how God shows up a lot in the Bible. And I remembered Moses, because Moses was such a unique man of God. Do you know, God called Moses, and he had such a unique relationship. He said that he spoke to Moses face-to-face as if speaking to a friend. Moses had that kind of relationship with God. Like, I read that, I'm like, oh, that's what I want. And I remember in Exodus when God calls Moses up to the mountain. Do you know that he's calling us up to the mountain? But we get the choice to respond. We could sit here, we could keep going along our business and our to-do list, which they're good. I mean, they make us feel good. Or we could stop and actually go up into the mountain and meet with him. I love in Exodus 24, 15 through 18, it says, Then Moses went up to the mountain because God said, Come up to the mountain. And a cloud covered the mountain. Now the glory of the Lord rested on Mount Sinai, and, co- and the cloud covered it for six days. Six days. What if we were in sustained period of glory with God? What would happen to us? Would our face melt off? Would our heart just get all whole? Because it's impossible to be in God's presence and not be changed. And on the seventh day, he called to Moses out of the midst of the cloud. The sight of the glory of the Lord is like a consuming fire on top of the mountain in the eyes of the children of Israel. Whenever God talks about God being a consuming fire, I get excited because that's how I feel when I'm in his presence. I just pray, God, consume every part of me. Consume in anything that shouldn't be there. Just let it burn up and set my heart on fire that I would be purified in your presence. That's what my prayer is for us, that we would be a people who go in and are willing to go up and go in. So Moses went into the midst of the cloud and went up into the mountain. And Moses was in the, in the mountain 40 days and 40 nights. See, I believe that God, he's inviting us to be real before him. We walk around, at least in Northern California, the people are nice. Like you might think Californians are not nice. They are nice. But I have to tell you, I think the people here are a little nicer. But even in Northern California, you walk by and you say, hi, how are you? And what does someone say? I'm good. Because that's kind of the right answer, right? And I realize I go so fast, I'd be like walking, hi, how are you? I'm good. I'm good. And I don't even, I ask a question. I don't even wait to find out what the answer was. That's how you know I'm from California. No, that's just actually my bad. <laughs> no, no, Californians are better than that. But we know the right answer. I'm good. And I remember talking to God, and I felt like he was saying, Candace, how are you? Oh, I'm good. And then I was having a hard time focusing, so I just began to write in my journal. Sometimes I do that when I'm praying so that it makes me be a little bit more present because I'm writing and thinking, giving my heart to him. And I'm writing, and I began to tell him, actually, I'm really hurt. I'm hurt, and I think this leader is really mean, what they did, and I'm really hurt. And, um, And then I was like, oh my gosh, God, 
I just called a leader mean. This is me as a pastor, a mean person. And, um, and I was embarrassed. I was embarrassed because it's wrong. I know that it's not okay to be mad at people or to call people names. And then I'm like, God, I'm so sorry. And he's like, I already know you. I'm like, but I'm embarrassed. And he said, you don't need to be afraid. You don't need to be afraid of me. I'm like, oh, I'm actually afraid of myself. I need to protect you from, I need to protect you from me. It was this interesting exchange. And God said, I'm not afraid of you, Candace. Come and cast your cares on me because I care for you. I'm like, oh, because we're in that place of shame and bad. It just makes you want to hide like it does something that God doesn't know. And he's calling us out to say, come, come before me, however you look, however, whatever is real. Because there's so much power and beauty in that space. If we want healing and wholeness, we've got to be willing to come honestly. And if you want to be honest with other people, we have to start being honest with ourselves. And that's what God's inviting us into. And it's so beautiful. When one turns to the Lord, a veil is taken away. I love that in Third Corinthians, Second Corinthians three. It's a turning the Lord. God, let us be people who turn to you, so that you can have your way in us. But as we come in with the Lord, we have to be willing to let go of things and lay things down. And moving from one home to another, I've learned a lot about that in this season, because I love Greenville. But in the beginning, I had to be careful. Because I'd be like, this is nice. There's a lot of cars, though. It's a big city. I don't see Mount Shasta anymore. <laughs> oh, and I actually like to ski on that mountain. It's a big part of who I am. Oh, okay, but, but there's good things here, too. And it was this thing, and I realized I would get in these moments of comparing. And as I sat and processed it, I'm like, processed it. I'm like, oh, for me to actually grab hold of what God has for me, I have to be willing to let go of what was. I'm like, I'm not going to bring up in Mount Shasta anymore. I love it. And I'm thankful for it. But that's not where God has me right now. And I want to receive everything that God has for me. And sometimes you just need to let go of what was. And sometimes we're coming and we're carrying baggage. And that's not, Mount Shasta isn't baggage. But sometimes we have other things. We have hurts. We have wounds. Do you know how much church hurt there is here? It is so sad. But I'm not immune to it either. Because you know what church is made up of? people. And this is where it's like, own your stuff, guys. Like we cause our own pain too. But like we have for us to receive healing and wholeness, we have to be willing to lay it down at some point. God has new stuff for us. His love, nothing is impossible. I know that he can heal anything and he can make anything new. And I know that there's stories in here. There's parts of your heart that God wants to come in and love on and change if you just let him in and then be willing to let go of the story as well. Let go of the wrong that was done to you. We're on a journey to wholeness, into freedom, into promise. And I'm inspired by even knowing the story of the Israelites out of Egypt all the way into the promised land. It was such a journey from Moses choosing to follow the Lord, choosing even in spaces of weakness. Even at one point, God was so irritated with the Israelites because they were a stiff-necked people that he said, I'll send an angel, or I'm, but I'm not going to go. And Moses said, if you're not going, I don't want to go. 
I only want to be, I only want to go if you go. I'm like, wow, he learned so much about how much God sustains as well. What's interesting too is Moses actually didn't step into the promised land. Who led people in the promised land was Joshua. And Joshua was on the same journey as these Israelites that were stiff-necked. And I always wonder when people go through the same thing, what makes you different than everybody else? Why would Joshua and Caleb, when they sent the spies, they get to the promised land, the land that, you know, they, they're waiting for, took 40 years to get there, and God was leading them all the way. They send the spies in, and we know the story. Two spies came back to go, tell us, was there fruit? Yes. Was it flowing with milk and honey? Yes. Is it amazing? Yes. We got this. God says it's our land. We can go there. But the other spies, they said, yeah, it had the fruit, but there was also a lot of really big people in there, and we, they are going to devour us. We should not go. Let's, let's go back to Egypt. Let's go back to bondage. I'm like, oh my gosh, what was so different about the two people that went there and saw, they all saw the same thing, but two people had faith. I'm like, what made them so different? And I began to look at the stories of Joshua in Exodus 24, 13, talking, it says, so Moses arose with his assistant, Joshua. Can you say Joshua. And Moses went up the mountain of God. That tells me one thing what I knew Joshua was doing. He was up in the mountain with God. Joshua, Exodus 33, 11. So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face. We know that. I'm like, oh, so lovely. As a man speak to his friend. And he would return to the camp. But his servant Joshua, the son of Nun, a young man, did not depart from the tabernacle. What would happen? What happens when we're in the presence of God? stuff that needs to change, stuff that needs to get deposited, we get transformed in his presence. That's why we come to worship together. It is so important. And even taking time in our own lives just to give God everything and invite him into every space in our lives. You see, we are called to greatness. We're called to make an impact on the world. We know that we're not just leading ourselves but that God has, there's so many destinies and callings in this room. But for you to step into that place, whole and healed, we need to keep going in. We need to keep going up. It's like getting in an airplane. You know, you get in there and then they start going over. Um, and in the incident of cabin pressure loss, there will be or oxygen masks that drop down from the ceiling. And please put one on yourself first before attending to your child or putting on your child. I'm like, okay, well, why? Oh, because we need to have a special type of air the higher you go. And in culture, things are so challenging and are so dicey and pokey for us to walk in those places and actually be real love and be wisdom. We need to be in a place where we're actually in a space of love and receiving it, in a space of forgiveness and receiving it because we we're not gonna be able to be in those places and last very long. And so as we come in, let's come in wholeheartedly. Let's come in and give God everything so that we can step into everything that who he's called us to be. I want to um, kind of take a moment wrapping up. I would love to be able to pray for some of us because I know we're all on a journey, but we are not going to stay where we're at, are we? No, the answer is no. We're going to keep going. We're going to keep going. And I just want to tell you tonight, you're not alone. I'm so thankful that you're here. 
but you're not alone. And I just want to give a moment for us just to respond. I love coming to church. I love receiving fresh words and um, messages. But my favorite thing is the response. And that's the one thing that God doesn't own. See, God owns everything in the world. He owns everything. He is the Lord of everything. But he doesn't own our response. That's the one thing that we get to give him. And so even as you're sitting here, I pray that we're not just taking up air, but we're actually letting God just be honest and search us and know us and be present. Thanks for listening to today's talk. For more information, you can always go to our website, which is studiogreenville.com, or check out our Instagram, which is studio.greenville, and you can follow along for all the latest happenings and updates. Other than that, have a great week, and we'll see you soon.